Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Get that flesh out of the way. Hallelujah. 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 King David said, my heart is indicting a good matter. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise. Most of y'all know that scripture. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I can't stop praising him. When I think about where he brought me from, where I think about where he took me out of, my soul cries out hallelujah. I want to give honor to the spirit of Christ who is the head of my life. Honor to pastors Alex and Naomi. Thank you so much for allowing me to grace the pulpit tonight. God bless you guys. Love you guys. I want to give honor to each and every one of you guys in your respectable places in the kingdom of God. See, we're not going to be sitting in a church service forever. We're not going to be sitting and listening to a sermon forever. One day we will be with God in glory. One day we will see Jesus face to face. But until he comes, this is what he's instituted for us. This is what he's established for the people of God, for the children of God. Just like the children of Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt. And God brought them out into the wilderness. So that they could know his ways. So they could know his ways. They didn't know God. That's why as soon as Moses went up on the mountain to meet with God, before he could even finish the commandments when he came down, they were already worshiping the gold that they brought out of Egypt. That fast. That's why Jeremiah tells us that the heart, we know that scripture, is desperately wicked. And deceitful above all things. See, they were worshiping the works of their hands. They were idolizing the very thing that God had given them to utilize when they were going into the wilderness and coming out of the wilderness. Genesis chapter 9. Genesis chapter 9, verse 20. Excuse me. God is so good. No matter what you're going through tonight, no matter what you came in here with, no matter what you encountered or experienced throughout the week, no matter what kind of hardships, what kind of difficulties, what kind of trials, what kind of mental battles that go on in our minds at times, whatever you came in here with, God can meet you right where you're at. I want to share with you tonight a few people out of the Bible that were human just like us, but they were probably a little more abnormal than us. Although they were God's people, they were God's leaders, they were people that God hand-selected and chose for certain tasks, such as leading and guiding, prophesying, judging, surrounding nations, leading the people of God. And then sometimes you can feel like, man, I'm pretty messed up. And then you start to research and dig deep into the scriptures and you realize that the people of ancient times, the people that knew God's ways, 
we're just as messed up as you and I can be at times. Before coming to God and even after coming to God. Y'all don't want me to tell the truth. <laughs> Y'all don't want me to tell the truth in here tonight, do you? Listen, Noah got drunk. And he still made it. He still finished his purpose. He still finished what God called him to do. Because God was with him. He's even mentioned in the book of 2 Peter. I found this interesting. That he's even mentioned in the book of 2 Peter as a preacher. Hold on, Noah. You know you got a minister this week. What you doing drinking? What you doing getting drunk, Noah? Don't you know you got a big call on your life? Don't you know that God has caused you to build something that is so ginormous that it's going to house you and your family when he brings judgment and destruction upon the world? Can you imagine the mindset of Noah? What do you mean, God? I never built a boat. We never hear anything about Noah having anything to do with building or carpentry before this time. All it basically says is that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And God tells him to build a boat. And he builds a boat. I don't think they built a better one. <laughs> I'm not going to say that, Lord. And he came off that boat, and he probably was so distraught, so messed up in his mind. I mean, the Bible doesn't really explain everything that went on in the boat, but we can use our imagination and realize that he was on the boat with every single animal that Adam named. Every single animal. Listening to the animals, the boat rocking back and forth. His family probably saying, are we going to make it out of this alive, Dad? Are we going to come through this okay and still be mentally sane? Because right now I hear a bunch of screams. Right now I see a bunch of people in my mind that are outside the boat that are dying, drowning from the water. God is awesome. Give God some praise. Give God some glory. Genesis chapter 9, verse 20. And Noah began to be a farmer, and he planted a vineyard. Then he drank of the wine and was drunk and became uncovered in his tent. He began to be a farmer when he got off the boat, and he was drunk, and he became exposed before his family. Right there, God just judged it. Oh, hallelujah. God just the, judged the entire world that was at that time because the thoughts and intents of their heart were only evil continually. And now here it is, Noah's been called by God to build an ark where he houses his family. The water subsides, Noah comes off the boat, and the first thing he does is begin to farm. And not only does he begin to farm, but he makes a vineyard and makes wine. And from the wine, he gets drunk. Listen, that don't mean, oh, hallelujah. That doesn't mean you leave here tonight. Come on, somebody, saying, I want to be like Noah. Because God going to chastise you if you do. <laughs> It'll get you into trouble. Take you places you weren't, on, you weren't intending to go. Keep you longer than you want to be kept. But God will bless you in a mess. Moses killed a man and even wanted to die at one point in his life. One point in his journey walking with God, he wanted to die. Didn't want to live anymore. Couldn't do it anymore. 
but yet he finished strong. That's why you can't stop at the beginning of your story. You can't stop in between your call when God has taken you from faith to faith, from glory to glory, from place to place. And moments of doubt and moments of discouragement and moments of sadness, moments of weakness, moments of frustration, moments of not knowing what's going to be the outcome or where God is going to take you next or what God is going to do next. Because God is all seeing. God even mentions him in the book of Hebrews and says that Moses was faithful in all his house. You can read it. God calls him faithful. Even though God told him, Moses, speak to the rock for the children of Israel so the water can come out. But Moses got angry and he did opposite of what God told him to do. Have you ever did opposite of what God told you to do? Some of y'all in a mess right now because you did what God told But listen, there is hope. There is hope when God is for you. See, that's the thing. When God is for you, there's nothing and no one that can be against you. That doesn't excuse us or justify or give us a license to live any kind of old way that we want to live. But it gives us hope and moments that seem unbearable. Moments that seem like we won't ever get through or come out of. God said that he was faithful in all his house. Yet at one point in Moses' journey with the Lord, he wanted God to take him out of his misery. But at the same time, he wanted to see God's glory. At one point in his journey, he wanted to see God's glory. At another point in his journey, he was asking God to kill him. And may I add, from God's people, from leading God's people, the journey and the call became so unbearable that he couldn't take it anymore. But he didn't take his own life. And he asked God to take his life. But how many thank God for unanswered prayers? Hallelujah, Jesus. He wanted God to take his life even after experiencing the glory and the fire of God. That's why we can't get stuck in the fire or idolize the fire and think that the feeling and the sensation of what God does is always going to be there. And when we, don't, when, when we don't feel it, we mistake it for his presence being absent. But because we don't feel his fire, we don't sense his presence, it does not negate the truth of the fact that his presence is still with you. His presence is still residing with you. His presence is still on the inside of you and on top of you. Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2, verse 11. Now it came to pass in those days. I love when it comes to pass. I've been noticing something about God. Because sometimes there have been times and seasons of my life where I just felt like I'm never going to get out of this season. It seems like I'm waiting forever, God. And then discouragement starts to set in. And even at sometimes and some points, hopelessness can set in. See, everything is good when we're just starting out. business, your walk with God, your marriage, your children, and then you say, Lord, I didn't know these children were going to cause me so much pain. <laughs> I say y'all don't want me to tell the truth in here tonight. Verse 12. Excuse me. Now it came to pass in those days, verse 11, when Moses was grown, that he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he looked this way and that way. And when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Moses was a murderer. Noah was a drunk. But yet, 
they still finish strong. Exodus chapter 33. So we know Moses ran into the wilderness. He encounters God in a burning bush. How many would like that encounter with God? Starting out your ministry. Starting out your walk with God. You think encountering that, Kevin, you would never doubt. You would never have unbelief. You would never question God. He had an encounter where he saw the angel of the Lord in a burning bush and the bush was not consumed. You would have thought he was on some type of hallucinogenic. But let's see what happens. Verse 11. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Verse 12. Then Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. God, you told me to bring this people out of the land of Egypt. First of all, I wasn't even looking for you. Yahweh, Yudveh, Vavhei, God Almighty, I wasn't even looking for you, but you found me because you had a purpose. Even when my mother gave birth to me and Pharaoh put out an assassin, he put out a hit list for all the newborn in the land of Egypt, every male child, kill them. But even then before Moses was even able, before Moses was old enough even to say the name God, God had already prepared a basket for him to go down that Nile River as a secret assassin to go back in after he raised them up, after he encountered God to bring God's people out. He was on the Nile River. How, how many of us know that denial is not just a river in Egypt? All those snakes, all those crocodiles, all those alligators, all those wild beasts, and Moses is floating in a basket as a baby. His mom must have knew something about God because no mother in their right mind would ever put their baby in that type of danger. But God, but Jesus, when God has a plan, he will bring you out, he will bring you through, he will send you a deliverer, he will send you healing, he will send you comfort, he will send you restoration, he will send you breakthrough, he will send you everything that you need. Moses says, you told me you're going to give me somebody, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You told me. You have said, verse 13, you, excuse me, verse 12, yet you have said I know you by name and you have also found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray if I have found grace in your sight, show me your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight. And consider that this nation is your people. See, the more I looked at that, he said, now, therefore, pr I pray if I have found grace in your sight, show me your way that I may know that I have found, that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people, God, because right now I'm not feeling it. That loved one you need to call and say, I forgive you. That loved one you need to call and check up on and just say, I just called to tell you that I love you. I need to consider that this nation is your people. Verse 14, and he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Verse 17 through 23. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. And Moses' cry was, 
please show me your glory. Then he said, I will make my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face. Hold on. What do you mean I cannot see your face? Now, we know that the Bible tells us that God talked with Moses as a man speaks to his friend face to face. But now God's telling Moses that you can't see my face. Because there was something he wanted Moses to know. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I will show compassion to whom I will co show compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face for no man can, for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, here's a place by me. Hold on to that. Here is a place by me. Not here is a place in me or with me. There is a place by me, Moses. Here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock. Hallelujah, Jesus. So it shall be while my glory passes by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take away my hand. After I pass by, Moses, because you can't see me and live. I'm too holy. I'm too set apart. If you enter into my presence now, you will die. And you will not inherit eternal life. Your time's not up, Moses. Exodus 34, verse 5. Now the Lord descended in the cloud. See, it doesn't matter how much the enemy tries to copy God. With iCloud, this cloud or that cloud. God was doing it back in ancient times on the mountain of Horeb, on Mount Sinai, when he was giving commandments. God already was the cloud. He was in the cloud. He made the cloud. And the Lord passed before him. Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there. Exodus 34, chapter 5. And proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands. Keeping mercy for thousands. Verse 8. So Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth, and he worshiped. That word worship means to prostrate oneself in homage or respect to a superior. And at times we find it difficult when experiencing or encountering the glory of God to even bow our hearts, to even, oh hallelujah Jesus, to even stand and raise our hands before God and give him glory and give him honor and give him praise and give him worship. But this man, when he encountered the presence of God, when Noah, when Jonah, when um, Jeremiah, when all these men encountered the God, when, when all these men encountered God, they worshiped. Something that's difficult for us to do here in America. I was at the prison this morning and I was sharing how that oftentimes it's interesting how a lot of times we won't worship God until we find ourselves in a place of utter brokenness. And God wants to, wants to tenderize our hearts. God wants to soften our hearts because the journey is long.
for you and I. And I was sharing with these men how a lot of times, um, if anyone's ever been familiar with being incarcerated, oftentimes men or women have a tendency not to worship God when they're out there doing what they're doing or living a certain lifestyle. A lot of times they worship when they come through those jail doors. When the judge says you're facing life in prison, they begin to worship. Moses worshiped. Then he said, if I have now found grace in your sight, O Lord, let my Lord. Oh, man, I can't even. Then he said, if now I have found grace in your sight, O Lord, let my Lord. King David said, the Lord said to my Lord. Moses couldn't see God face to face because there was somebody else he needed to meet. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. There is a place by me, Moses, that I'm going to put you in. And when I come by, I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock. Then he said, if I have now found grace in your sight. Oh, Lord, let my Lord, I pray, go among us, even though we are a stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sin. I'm sorry I didn't give you that scripture, Karis. And take us as your inheritance. If I found grace in your sight, God, take us now as your inheritance. Numbers chapter 11, Numbers chapter 11. Let's keep moving with Moses' journey with God. Because if you look at it, oftentimes it's up and down, back and forth. God, these are your people. God telling Moses, no, Moses, these are your people. What you often see, that type of relationship between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father pointing to the Son, the Son pointing to the Father, and them pointing at the Holy Spirit. Because there's unity in his family. Jonah ran from the Lord, or excuse me, Numbers chapter 11, verse 5. Let's cover that real quick. excuse me verse 15 verse 15 if you treat me like this what please kill me here and now if I have found favor in your sight God wait a minute Moses you said you wanted to see God's glory now you want to die You wanted God to show you his way. Now you want to die before you've seen everything that God has in store for you, Moses? It's so common for us as human beings to want to give up and throw in the towel in difficult times. It's so common for us as human beings when we're up on the mountaintop to forget about God. But Moses worshiped because he knew that worship was the best place, the best posture that he could be in in order for, oh, hallelujah, in order to do what God had called him to do. There was no other way to do it but through worship. He says, if I found favor in your sight, If you treat me like this, please kill me here and now. If you treat me like this, God, if you continue to allow me to deal with these people and their problems and their issues, God, you might as well kill me now because their problems are going (laughs) to. Their problems and their issues. He's dealing with over a million people. That's why his father-in-law told him to set up a system. Because even though he was a man of God, He was still human. 
Jonah ran from the Lord. He tried to hide from God and was swallowed up by a whale. He also wanted to die. Yet he fulfilled his purpose of preaching to the Ninevites because God was with him. He didn't want to preach to those people. He said, those people aren't worthy of your grace and your mercy, God. They're rebellious sinners. They're not worthy of your love. They're not worthy of your mercy. They're not worthy of your grace. And as a matter of fact, God, I'm getting ready to cut out of here. And Jonah ran from the Lord, and God had a surprise waiting for him. Listen, you won't win running from God, trust me. <laughs> Jonah chapter 1. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, Jesus. No. Jonah chapter 1, 1 through 3. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare. He paid the price and went down into it. He paid the price to go from the presence of the Lord. Can I submit to you? As painful as it may be at times, as difficult as it may be at times, as trying as it may be at times, there is a fare, there is a price to pay when we run from the presence of God. I shared in my last message about how God said that if we are without chastisement, which was not directed at anyone individually or even a people or a person, but the Bible says that anyone that is without the chastisement of God, they do not have God's fatherhood. They are illegitimate children. Children of the world, children of wickedness, children of the devil that will never inherit the promises of God. But Jonah was God's man at that time for that particular assignment. And he paid a price to go from the presence of the Lord. Have you ever paid a price to go from the presence of God? Some of you may still even be paying that price. But God said the debt's been paid. Let it go. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. He paid the price to go from the presence of the Lord, to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Jonah chapter 4, verse 3. Therefore now, O Lord, there it is again. Please take my life from me. It's not uncommon to want to die. It's not uncommon to have suicidal thoughts. But the devil wants you to keep it in secret. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell the therapist. Don't tell the counselor. Don't tell the preacher. Don't tell the man or the woman of God. Keep it to yourself. Because if you say something, they're going to look at you like you're unworthy, like you're not Christian, or you're unholy. Keep it to yourself, is what the devil will say. But the devil is a lie. I said the devil is a lie. Verse 8. And it happened when the sun arose that God prepared a vehement east wind, and the sun beat on Jonah's head. Man, Jonah couldn't find any comfort. Verse 8, Jonah chapter 4, verse 8. Jonah couldn't find any. Have you ever been in a place where you couldn't find any comfort? You know what happens when we can't find comfort from God. He worshiped. 
Be careful when you can't find comfort from God. And it happened when the sun arose that God prepared a vehement east wind and the sun beat on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He couldn't even stand under the presence of God anymore. He couldn't even stand under the assignment of God anymore. He couldn't even stand under the calling of God anymore. He wanted to die. He did not want to go forward with what God had told him to do, what God had given them the task to do, what God had willed for him to do, what God had spoken to him to do, what God had commanded him to do. He wanted to die, but God would not allow him to take his life. God would not allow him to die before his assignment was finished. I came to tell you tonight that God is not going to allow you to die before your assignment is finished. Elijah wanted to die and hid in a cave. Hmm. Great men of God. First Kings chapter 19 First Kings chapter 19. Elijah wanted to die and hid in the cave even after, excuse me, take the scripture down please real quick, I'm sorry. Elijah wanted to die and hid in the cave even after experiencing a powerful move of God and seeing the fire of God fall. Having a mountaintop moment, a mountaintop experience with God, but also having a low moment with God after he encountered the fire. He actually saw the fire of God come down and consume a sacrifice. And one threat from Jezebel, one threat from an angry woman, sent him into a wilderness season, sent him into a lonely place, sent him into a cold place, disanointed this powerful man of God, this prophet of God. One threat sent him into a cold, dark, lonely, isolated, depressing place. Elijah, you just saw the fire of God come down. You just saw four. We can't hardly blame Elijah either. He just saw 450 prophets get their heads cut off. Tell me you wouldn't be crazy. Noah in the boat. Jonah didn't want to preach. You think every time somebody gets up here, they want to preach? Hallelujah, Jesus. But God, one threat, this threat wanted to stop the voice of God, wanted to stop the prophet's voice from being proclaimed in the land, wanted to stop God's voice. Jezebel was not happy and content with just some temples for her false gods and false deities to reside in. She wanted to dethrone the very throne, the very sovereignty of God over the people of Israel. Sounds a little familiar today. First Kings chapter 19, and Ahab told Jezebel, excuse me, verse 2. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also if I, does, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life. God. Elijah, you must be some kin to Jonah. You must be some kin to Moses. Because what I'm seeing, y'all like to run. And listen, before you go passing judgment, some of y'all like to run too. <laughs> but God will chase you down. God will hunt you down. Verse 3. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. It doesn't say when he heard that. Why? Because he saw it when he allowed it to enter into his heart. 
it became a mental image. It became a mental picture. That's why Jesus said, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. He wasn't saying self-mutilate. He wasn't telling us to carve our eye out of our body. He was saying, be radical about what you see. Be radical about what you listen to. Be radical about who you listen to. Be radical about what you do. And if your eye causes you to sin, get radical. Then, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, verse 4, and came and sat down under a broom tree, and he prayed that he might die, and said, it is enough. That's it, God. I've been persevering. I've been fasting. I've been praying. I've been crying out. I've been dealing with this same issue for years, this same relationship, this same sickness, this same financial burden, this same job, this same boss. God is enough. What do you mean you want me to stay in this marriage? What do you mean you want me to reconcile with my daughter? What do you mean you want me to reconcile with my son? What do you mean you want me to go back to my old employer and apologize? What do you mean you want me to be kind and nice when somebody has mistreated me, talked about me, betrayed me, lied on me, walked out on me, gossiped about me? It's enough, God. I can't take these people anymore. I can't take this ministry anymore. I can't take these hardships anymore. I can't take this heartache anymore. But God encounters Elijah in the cave and tells him to rise up, Elijah. He said, it's enough. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Now, Lord, take my life from no better than my father's. God, I thought I was the man of the hour with the power. Didn't you see when I stepped into that territory, what I told that servant to go tell Ahab, Elijah is here? Maybe you didn't know God like you thought you knew him, Elijah. Moses, maybe you didn't know God like you thought that you knew him. Maybe there's more to what God has for us. Maybe there's more things that God wants to do in us and through us, around us, and for us up ahead on the road. Then he lay and slept under a broom tree. Suddenly, somebody say suddenly. That's how fast your whole destiny can change. That's how fast your whole circumstance can change. That's how fast your whole situation can change. That's how fast your whole life can turn around and change to the glory of God. Suddenly, hallelujah, Jesus. Suddenly, an angel touched him. And said to him, Arise and eat. Then he looked. So he arose. Excuse me. Verse 9. Verse 9. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Didn't I give you an assignment? Who told you to run to this cave? Who told you to pick up that drink? Who told you to walk out of your marriage? Who told you to pick up that dope? Who told you to leave that place that I assigned you to? Who told you to leave that church? Hallelujah, Jesus. Who told you? What are you doing here, Elijah? Can I ask you? What are you doing here? What are you doing in this place with God in this season? Are you lonely? Are you depressed? 
Are you stressed out? Are you worried? Are you afraid? Are you fearful? Are you angry? Are you upset? Let's see what happens. Hallelujah, Jesus. Verse 9, and there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. Sounds familiar. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire. After the hype of life and excitement, after the seasons, the fire is awesome. But the fire is not what leads you. A still, small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle. And went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and asked him again, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. No, you weren't, Elijah. You're lying. You're running from Jezebel. You're running from a threat. You're not zealous because you wanted me to kill you a minute ago. I've been zealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then the Lord said to him, go, return to your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, anoint Hazel as king over Syria. Look, Elijah, I have more work for you to do. I have more assignments for you to do. I'm not taking your life. That spirit wants, that spirit of Jezebel wants to make you feel worthless, hopeless, suicidal, and wants to make you run from the call of God on your life, and wants to make you give up on God, on yourself, on people, and on life. But let me share something with you. God was not finished showing Moses or Elijah his glory. Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. We got to hurry up here. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17, 1 through 5. Now, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. We won't get into that. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. This language is familiar. Remember Moses got the commandments? And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with them. Not only did God want Moses and Elijah to see something, but he wanted Peter, James, and John to realize something for their journey and their assignment as well. That you can't idolize people. That you can't get stuck and hung up with people. The Bible says that Jesus committed himself to no man because he knew what was inside of man. He committed his way and his, he committed his will to the Father. So while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud. We saw that cloud on Mount Sinai, on Mount Horeb, when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. Now we see Elijah. Thank God that God did not answer his prayer for suicide because Elijah never would have saw, what is it, the chariot of fire. 
He didn't know that the chariot of fire was getting ready to come down him and take him up and transcend him into a place, into a realm of glory like he had never saw, a realm of glory like he had never dreamed of, a realm in the sight of God like he had never seen. If God would answer this prayer, if God would answer some of your prayers, you would never have the opportunity to see what God is getting ready to do, what God desires to do, and what God is going to do. Hallelujah, Jesus. So while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, and whom I am well pleased. Hear him. Because how many of us know we have a tendency to idolize people at times, and he didn't want them to idolize Elijah, and he didn't want them to idolize Moses. Yeah, Moses, you were a good lawyer, and you were a good and a strong leader. You were faithful in all your house, but you are not Jesus. Elijah, you did a mighty work for God, but you are not Jesus. God said, here, my son, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Hear him. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus Christ was crucified on the wooden cross for crimes he did not commit but rose again on the third day so you and I could have his life. He opened up and became everything he hated so he could have everything he loves, which is you and I. When a man pleads guilty before a judge in a judicial sense, he is convicted and punished. But when a man pleads guilty in the gospel, he is forgiven and set free. Can you give God some praise? God has a plan for that bad season. He has plans for that failure. He has plans for those setbacks. He has plans for those regrets and for those mistakes. He has plans for your future. He has plans for you, beloved. So don't let one bad season in your life define the rest of your life. Come out of that hiding. Come out of that shame. Come out of that despair. Come out of that hopelessness. Come out of that guilt. Come out of that regret. Come out of that addiction. Come out of that condemnation. Come out of that alcoholism. Come out of that fear and live in Jesus' name. Live in Jesus' name. Let God Almighty place you in the cleft of the rock, his son, just like he did for Moses, just like he did with Elijah. Moses saying, he is the rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are justice, a God of truth and without injustice. King David said, for who is God except the Lord? And who is the Lord except our God? Who is a rock except our God? The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. David proclaimed, the God of my strength in whom I will trust. Every time the enemy tries to remind you of your past, every time he tries to tell you to get it right every time he every time he tries to remind you where you messed up or didn't get it right tell him I've been forgiven devil I've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ every time he tries to remind you of your failure every time he tries to remind you of your past tell him get behind me Satan I am a new creation in Christ I am redeemed I am forgiven I am loved I am moving forward no matter what the obstacles no matter the difficulty no matter the heartache no matter the heartbreak no matter what happened in the past Old things have passed away and all things have become new. And my God, tell him, my God works all things together for my good because I love him and I'm called according to his purpose, his good pleasure according to his will. And God has your back. Don't let one bad season of your life determine the rest of your life. Lay it down. Give it to God. Let it go. Let him take it. Let him have it. Let him put you inside the rock. Let him hide you. Let him shield you. He is your refuge. He is your fortress here's your shield give God some praise hallelujah Jesus hallelujah Jesus praise the living God can you imagine if God would have answered any of their prayers when they wanted to die I felt like dying a few times But God, and those moments of experiencing God's glory, God's presence, and God's power, men that didn't want to, people that didn't want to, humans that didn't want to continue on. But there was something else that God wanted to show Moses and Elijah. That's why he told him, you can't see my face. 
because I want to introduce you to someone else before you meet me. He wanted, to, he wanted God to show him his ways, but he couldn't know God personally. That's why we see God, the Father, telling them, this is my beloved son, hear him. Listen to him. That's why Jesus said, all things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no man knows the Father except the Son. And no, excuse me, no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and to whom he wishes to reveal him. So Moses, no, I'm not going to take your life because I want you to meet Jesus. Elijah, I'm not going to uh, take your life because I want you to see Jesus. I want you to know that there is more glory. I want you to know that there is more blessings. I want you to know there is more restoration. I want you to know there is more deliverance. I want you to know that there are more things in store for your life. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you came in here tonight and you say, Brian, that message was for me. My heart has been so heavy. I've been fighting discouragement. I've been fighting with wanting to just leave at times and just run and just get away. But I know it's not the right thing to do. I know it's not what God would have me to do. If you're in here tonight and you say that I've been struggling with these thoughts of not wanting to live anymore, and I know this isn't me. I've been struggling with deep discouragement and doubt. I love God. I worship God, but I'm in the season where I'm struggling, and I don't want one bad season of my life to determine the rest of my life. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to come forward so we can pray for you. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. The Bible says what makes manifest is light. Don't be ashamed. Don't leave here without getting prayer. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't leave here with it alone. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Father. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Listen, if God's tugging at your heart, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I've sat in those chairs many a times, and I knew that God was pulling at my heart, but my pride was standing in the way. Don't let pride stand in the way. I'm telling you, God wants to meet you right where you're at. Don't, don't miss your moment. God wants to touch you. God wants to set you free tonight. God wants to heal you tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. God wants to restore that broken mind. God wants to restore that broken heart. God doesn't want you to struggle your whole Christian walk with fear and anxiety and doubt and discouragement and unbelief. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Jesus. It's still open. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, God. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. We love you, God. Thank you for your presence. Never the same from this night. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Victorious. Walking in wholeness, walking in restoration, walking in deliverance, walking in the, all the divine promises that God has promised for your life that the enemy's trying to steal and take away. But I came to submit the enemy notice tonight. No more in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Can I get a few leaders? A few, few leaders? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father. A few women down here, please. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. In the name of Jesus. 
in the name of Jesus. I'm just going to pray for you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, be free now. In Jesus' name, be free. Be free right now. Be free now in Jesus' name. Be free. Be free now in Jesus' name. Be free now in Jesus' name. Be free. Be restored. Be made whole now in Jesus' name. Now in Jesus' name. You're free, Jessica. Be free. Complete healing and restoration of your mind and soul in Jesus' name. Be free. Be free now in Jesus' name. Now in Jesus' name. Now. Now. Be free. Be free now. Be free. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be free now in Jesus' name. There it is. There it is. There it is. Be free now in Jesus' name. Now be healed. Be made whole. I rebuke that spirit of Jezebel now in Jesus' name. Loose now in Jesus' name. Now be free in Jesus' name. Be free right here. Be free right now. In Jesus' name, be free. Be free. Now in Jesus' name, be healed. Be made well. In Jesus' name, be made well now. I rebuke that spirit of suicide now. Now in Jesus' name, break. Now, now, now. Loose. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I come against every spirit of discouragement, every spirit of fear, every spirit of doubt and unbelief. I break its power now. Be healed. Be made well. Be healed now in Jesus' name. Now. Now. Be loose now in Jesus' name. No more fear in Jesus' name. Rise up in Jesus' name. Now. Now. Be free. Be free in Jesus' name. Be free. I speak complete restoration of your mind. The devil will not have you. You will do great exploits in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Be free now in Jesus' name. Now, now, be free. There it is. Be free. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Be free in Jesus' name. Be free. Be made whole. Peace. Peace over your mind, peace over your circumstances. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Father. I come against, in the name of Jesus, every spirit of doubt, every spirit of unbelief, every spirit of discouragement. I break its power now in the name of Jesus and declare that you will rise up and do great and mighty things in the Lord. I speak peace over your mind, over your heart, and over your soul, and I command you, be free now in Jesus' name. Now. Now. Now in Jesus' name. Now. Be free now in Jesus' name. Now. Be free. Be made whole. Be made whole in Jesus' name. Now be made whole. Be free now in Jesus' name. Be free. Be free in Jesus' name. Complete wholeness and restoration of your mind. Complete wholeness in Jesus' name. Never the same. I rebuke that spirit now and I command it to loose your life in Jesus' name. Be made whole. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Father. I thank you for this man of God. And I speak freedom now in Jesus' name. There it is. Now. Now. Be free. Be made whole. Never the same. I rebuke those thoughts in the name of Jesus. All that discouragement, all that doubt and unbelief, I break now in Jesus' name. Now in Jesus' name. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you did in here tonight, God. Father, as we leave here tonight, Lord God, let us go out recharged, refilled, refueled, Lord God. Touch and bless each person, Lord God. Father, we thank you for your word. I pray, Lord God, that your blessing and your grace would rest, rule, reign, abide, and reside upon each and every person, God. 
I pray, Heavenly Father, for your peace that passes all understanding would guard each of our hearts and our minds, Lord. And I pray, God, that you would be exalted and be glorified in and through our lives, even in the bad seasons, even in the low moments, God, that you would be glorified, Father. In Jesus' name, and Father, even for those, God, who wanted to come forward but didn't, God, reveal your presence, reveal your glory, reveal your peace and your love, God. And we will always be careful to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said, amen. amen.